series that we do after church um, is largely about living life better than, um, than we were before. Um, but it's also an opportunity to invite friends or colleagues or um, people you work with or people at school or people you know that would be interested in some of these topics. So um, you'll notice that there's um, sort of, we kind of keep the, the, like the spirituality to it to a minimum. I mean, not that we're not spiritual. Of course, everything that we do is spiritual. And we really believe that God wants to inform our lives so that we can live our lives better. So that's kind of what this series is all about. Um, in an effort to help you invite your friends, your colleagues, and so on, we've made this little promo video for you to, uh, to share. So I'm just, we'll just open with this. off of my, off of my, my notes on my phone. 
15% of Jesus' preaching was about money. That's more than what he said about heaven and hell combined. 15%. Jesus spoke a whole lot about money. Basically, if we take a step back and we think about it, we can't have a right relationship with God. We can't fulfill a huge amount of his commandments if we don't have a right relationship if we don't have a right, right relationship with money. And as we're going to see throughout this series, God doesn't want to take away your money. God wants your money not to take you. God doesn't want to take your money. He just doesn't want your money to take you. He doesn't, want, he doesn't care if you possess your money. He doesn't want you to be possessed by your money. We're going to have <clears throat> several talks, and today's talk is more kind of just laying down the groundwork and the foundations that we're going to use to discuss later on, but we're going to talk really specifically about God's perspective in regards to money and what we should do with it and what should our relationship be to money. How should we, how should we relate to money? And money is actually really important, is actually really important to God, or at least, at least he spoke about it a whole lot and gave a whole lot of commandments about it. So presumably it should also be really important to us. For the longest time, I thought that money shouldn't be important to me and that I should just I should just have an arm's length kind of relationship with money, right? For those of you in the business, um, in the business world, in the capital markets, um, right? You know that money changes a lot and God doesn't change. So in my mind, you know, there was no need for us to get all tightly wound up about money. As long as I had a shirt on my back and food in my stomach, that was good enough. But, but God has something more in store for us. If you want to read along throughout the series, I strongly recommend this book by Randy Alcorn called The Treasure Principle. It's a real fun and easy read. I read it in like, in like two Saturday afternoons just sitting on the couch. Um, really, really uh, enjoyable read. And there's a whole bunch of copies over here at the front for anyone who would like to grab one. Uh, please, um, uh, please take one if it would be a blessing in your life. So Randy Alcorn starts his book, The Treasure Principle, by um, a telling retelling a story that Jesus told in Matthew 13. So I'm going to try to tell the story as well. This man is walking, and he's traveling from his town to another, and as he's going, and it's a hot and sunny day, you may not recognize the parable immediately, but you will in a moment. Um, and, and it's a hot and sunny day, and, and it's really, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really scorching hot that day, and so what does he do? He sees that there, he can take a shortcut through a field, and Jewish law allowed you, that wasn't like considered trespassing of any kind of like malignant sort. You were allowed to do that. So he goes and he takes this path through the field. So he's walking through the field, right? And as he's walking with his walking stick, you know, and his walking stick kind of keeps thumping on the mud, you know, all of a sudden he kind of hears a knock. He says, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. So he knocks with his walking stick and he there's something down there. And he looks down and sees something glimmering. So he kind of brushes it off a little bit and he found, finds a chest. So this is interesting, in the middle of an unnamed field. It's kind of untended, it's kind of strange. Brushes off the, the chest and he opens it and he finds all kinds of gold coins and jewels and diamonds and gemstones and all kinds of treasure in the chest. He looks left and he looks right and he thinks to himself, God is watching. 
You know, so he thinks, what should I do? So he says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure out who owns this field, and I'm going to buy this field. I'm going to buy this field. Then I'll have everything that's in it. So what will I have to look? I don't have, I don't have that much money. What can I do to buy this field? He says, you know what? I'll sell my choice oxen. I'll sell my field. You know, which was like his inheritance. You know, like it had been passed down from generation to generation, from father to son kind of thing, right? But who cares? I'll sell it for what's in here. I'll sell it any day. And uh, what else do I have? I'll sell, I'll sell my house. I'll sell, heck, I'll sell my wife. I'm no, just kidding, right? <laughs> all right? And he's thinking, what can I do to buy this field? And he goes and he sells off all his stuff and he buys the field because he wants what's in the field. Now, there's a key word in that parable that I didn't mention. And most of us don't remember this word, and most of us don't see this as the iconic word, the, the one word upon which this whole parable revolves around. If I had to say, if I had to ask you, what's the one word this parable revolves around, most of us would say, oh, I don't know, selflessness, uh, love of God, um, conversion experience, I don't know, right? But Jesus says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Why does he sell all that he has to buy that field? For joy over the treasure. This next five or six week series is an invitation for to you and for me to find joy in the kingdom of heaven. Joy in the kingdom of heaven that it makes it worth it to sell everything to sell everything that we might buy that field that has that joy. I want to tell you an alternative reading of this parable by St. John Chrysostom. St. John Chrysostom says that this parable can very well be interpreted, and it often is, that those who have heard the gospel and for the joy of the gospel sold all that they have, gave up their past life, left everything to follow, to follow Jesus which is a very correct understanding of the parable. But it would be incomplete to say that there's a, not to mention another interpretation of this parable, which is that God the Father, for the joy of having you, his treasure, sold all that he has, his only begotten son, that he may purchase you. God has joy and pleasure in you. I want to start this series off by saying that if you were to ask God, God, what is your treasure? God would simply answer, you. Hopefully, by the end of this series, we'll feel that in some way we're able to, sell, to answer God back and say, Lord, and my treasure is you, O Lord. For the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has. Jesus tells us, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Look, God doesn't want your money. What's he going to do with it anyways? Revelation 21, 21. The streets of heaven are paved with gold, right? Like, if you, if you like, you know, hit the jackpot and you're super rich, and you decide that you don't trust the money markets and you, you, want to, you want your riches right there in front of you and you go and buy gold blocks 
And you, you like line every room in your house, floor to ceiling, with solid, pure gold blocks. What are they called? They have a name, right? Huh? Bullions. That's right. Right? Bullions, right? From floor to ceiling, right? Line your whole house with them, right? That's cobblestone in heaven. It's not worth anything in heaven. Right? What, what God doesn't want our treasure. He doesn't want what we have what we have labeled treasure. He doesn't want it. It's not worth anything to him. He wants two things when he says, when he tells us to lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven. He wants two things. One, one, he wants us to trust him. Two, he wants our peace of mind. Uh, the other, the, a couple few years ago, I have a friend who's a, a very uh, a, um, successful business owner, and uh, also a very, very, very uh, nice guy. And uh, I've, I've found one of our friends from the service and so on, who's always been kind of on hard times and so on, but now he was homeless and it was like dead of winter. So I was talking to my friend, and my friend said, sure, I'll take him in, no problem. But can you do me a favor, John? I said, sure. He said, uh, I just have like this like huge wad of cash that I, I need to uh, deal with, um, and I don't want to leave it at home while he's there, because then I'll always be wondered, like worried about you know about it, right? So can I give it to you? So I said, sure, no problem. Um, and I thought like a, like I thought a wad of cash would be like a like a roll of bills or something, right? No, 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 no. This was like more than my two hands could hold in hundreds and fifties. Right? So I took this and I'm like stuffing my, the pockets of my coat with it and I feel like, I feel like so wrong, like something is like really, really not right with this picture, right? You know? <laughs> and here I am, you know, I introduce him to this guy and he takes him in and so on. I'm leaving his place at like 11.30 at night, like, you know, with my coat stuffed with bills, right? Of course he didn't count anything, he just gave it to me to like, to hold for him for a few days and of course, the only thought in my mind was, what if I get mugged? What if something happens to me? Uh, what if this? What if that, right? Because here I am walking around with, I don't know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 dollars in cash. It's completely untraceable and it's not mine, right? And so I was, naturally, I was worried, right? I was worried, right? God is saying, hey, is there something that's really important to you? Is there something that is, that is, is absolutely priceless to you, please give it to me. Let me hold on to it for you. Let me hold on to it for you. A third truth about lay up treasures for yourself in heaven is very simply this. All of us who have been to a funeral lately or have friends or family who have departed know that no matter how much or how little you work in this life, how well you save or how poorly you save in this life, you don't take anything with you. Alexander the Great had three dying wishes, right? He, he told his physicians three things. One, he wanted his hands to hang out of his coffin. And then he wanted his physicians to carry his coffin to the burial site. And he wanted the, the, between the palace and the burial site to be paved with gemstones and things from his treasury from all the battles that he had won. So in the between their tears, they asked him why. 
And he told them, I want people to see that as I came into this world with my hands empty, I have left this world with my hands empty. You don't get to take anything of it with you. And for a similar reason, I want them to see that all the treasures and all the gems and all the things that I've plundered from the, the whole world are only between my palace and my burial site, that they don't go any further. And they asked, the physicians asked him, and why do you want us to bury your coffin, uh, to carry your coffin? And he said, because I want you to know that no amount of medicine can conquer death. All of those truths are true to us till this day. But there was one truth that Alexander the Great didn't know, that Jesus tells us very plainly. He tells us, lay up treasures for yourself in heaven. So if you have a treasure which is so desperately precious to you, and you know you can't take it with you, send it ahead of you. Send it ahead of you. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. You can't take it with you. You can't pull it behind you. But you can send it ahead. Jesus is telling us these very simple, very clear and simple principles that you don't need to be, you know, a, a diehard Christian. You don't need to be someone ready to go to martyrdom. You don't need to be the holiest and holier than the Pope to believe. They just make sense. They just, Jesus is just saying stuff that makes sense. You can't take any of it with you, but you can certainly send it ahead. Finally, Jesus tells a young rich ruler who tells him, what must I do to enter the kingdom, of, to inherit the kingdom of heaven? Matthew 19, Jesus tells him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. We'll leave the whole uh, sell all that you have and give to the poor bit <clears throat> for later. But Jesus is telling him very clearly that you can build treasure for yourself in heaven. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled into what the devil is telling you and told me for many years. That money is not important. It is. It is important. That you shouldn't have treasures. No, you should have treasures. How are you going to build treasures in heaven if you don't have an appreciation for, for this money? So, Jesus is telling us, Jesus is telling us you can send it ahead and build treasures for yourself in heaven. John the Baptist when he preached, what did he preach about? What did he tell them? He told them if you have if you have two garments, give to one who has none. If you're a master and you you, you know and you exact money from the, your your servants and the people who do business for you, only take what's fair and leave the rest for them. If you're soldiers and you collect taxes, for the emperor or for the tax collector or whatever, only take what's fair. Leave the rest for them. The only things Jesus, John the Baptist came when he started preaching, preparing the way for the Lord, the only things he actually talked about were money and goods and doing good to the poor. The only things he talked about. So don't believe the lie that money is not important. The psalmist in Psalm 119 says, I rejoice in your promise like one who finds great spoil, one who finds great treasure. What we will find as we go through this series is that when God becomes my treasure and I start making treasure in heaven, I start to find his promises everywhere. 
speaking to me very clearly and telling me, telling me that there is great treasure waiting for me in heaven. God's promises become my treasure. Here's the ultimate insider tip. The ultimate insider trading tip for you is simply this. This world's going to go bust. Oh, sorry, you knew that already? Right? This world's going to go bust. It's not going to last forever. We've used this example a multitude of times. If you take our beautiful Canadian currency, very colorful and lovely, and you take it anywhere in the world, they look at it and they have no idea what to do with it. Now that it's plastic, it even looks more like a toy than it did before. Right? <laughs> right? I tried for the life of me when we're putting this promo video together to find a video using Canadian money. Nobody cares about Canadian money, right? You take Canadian money anywhere in the world, nobody knows what to do with it, right? It's not recognized, right? The same way that you take Canadian money, right, and you go to Timbuktu and they look at you like, like you're flashing Monopoly money at them, the same way, the same way that this currency doesn't have any value except here on earth. The ultimate insider trading tip is that earth's currency is going to become worthless when Christ returns or when you die, whichever one comes first. May God give you all a long life. Lastly, I want to share one last thought with you. That every day is an opportunity. Every day is an opportunity to buy shares in heaven. Every single day. I'll finish with this one story from the early church's history. St. Thomas, after he had preached in many areas, went to India. St. Thomas was a carpenter. So he, uh, <coughs> the king had heard that there was a new carpenter in town. So he called on him and he told him, can you build a palace for me? And he said, yes, of course, I can build a palace. He said, great, how much do you need? And he told him some astronomical sum of money. And the king gave him the money, and off St. Thomas went. Well, what did St. Thomas do? He took the money, and he gave it all to the poor, right? And so he gives all the money to the poor, and the king keeps sending people to go see him and tell him, you know, Thomas, where's my palace? And he tells him, it's coming. It's almost ready. It's coming. It's almost ready. And this went on for a while, when finally the king asked for more details, and Thomas explained to him that his kingdom will be ready when he departs. And his kingdom, his palace, sorry, is waiting for him in the kingdom of God. And that using the money that he gave him, he gave it to the poor, which made great treasure for this king in heaven. Well, the king, who was pagan, didn't think that this was a really good idea, right? And he, of course, threw Thomas in prison. He throws Thomas in prison, and one of his uh, brothers, this is the story as best I remember it, having read it a long time ago, one of, his, one of his brothers departed and died. And then his brother gets brought into the kingdom of God. And he's, and he's brought into the palace in the kingdom of God. And this is all in the king's dream. And um, they tell him, here is your palace. And he says, well, I thought this was my brother's palace. He says, well, he didn't want it. 
right? So we figured we would just go like next of kin or whatever, you know, the inheritance system is in heaven, right? Not that anybody dies and inherits in heaven, but whatever, right? You know, so here you go, it's yours, right? And he says, really? And, and the king wakes up with this and he goes down to Thomas in the prison and he tells him, tell me more about this kingdom of heaven. And that night the king is baptized in all his palace and he realizes that the palace he has here on earth is only for a while, but the palace that Thomas, St. Thomas built for him in heaven will last forever. So with that, let's each one of us leave today thinking a little bit about what treasures we wish to have in heaven. I want to leave you with some homework. This is really easy homework, okay? I want you to imagine that you are that king of India, right? And I want you to imagine what treasure, what treasure you would like to see in heaven when you get there? What treasure are you storing up in heaven? Even if you haven't stored anything up, up to date right now, you're going to say, I'm a student, I'm poor, I got debt, I got this. We're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk all about all of those things in great detail. But for the moment, right, I want you to think about the kingdom of heaven. And I want you to think about the treasure that could be waiting for you there. Write it out. Write three things that you really wish to see when you get to the kingdom of heaven. Next week, we're going to talk about the money manager. You are the manager of God's money. And then the week after that, we'll be slave or master talking about debt. And the series will go on. Glory be to God forever and ever.